Pastor Allen, 37 years ago, this congregation took a chance on a young man, 34 years of age, who had only pastored for seven years. When they called me to be the next lead pastor in this historic church, they said, our only concern is your age. We've never had a lead pastor that young. And I made them a promise. I said, folks, if you call me, I may not get smarter. I may not get better, but I guarantee you, I will get older. And that has brought us to this moment. A few years back, knowing that a good succession plan requires at least two years and some planning prior to that, I asked the Lord, Lord, when should I step aside? It seems when you have to make that decision very arbitrary. You don't know what your life circumstance will be, your health, will you still have passion? So I said, Lord, give me a number, and when I speak the number to our leadership, set a watch on my lips and make it the right moment. And the Lord gave me the age of 72, which a few months from now I'll be 72 years old. And as I look back now, that clearly was a word from the Lord. And here's why I say that. If I had retired at age 70, you would not have been available. If I had waited until age 72 or 3, you would not have been available. God gave me the time when you would be available. Because years ago, I began to pray, Lord, you know who my successor is. You're already getting him ready. And I have every confidence you are the answer to my prayer. Today, it would be my privilege to hand you this baton of leadership, which I'm actually seeing for the very first time. <laughs> so what have I been doing for the last 36 years? But I hope you know that God is entrusting you with a wonderful congregation. A.W. Tozer once said to Leonard Ravenhill, Christians may not tell lies, but they often sing them. And he said that after he had watched a congregation sing one of those songs, Lord, I give you everything. Lord, wherever you lead, I'll go. You know as well as I do, because you've been involved in ministry, that every congregation says, we want God's will. We want God's man to lead us into God's will. And many of them, sadly, don't mean that. What they want is to keep everything as it's always been, and keep it comfortable, but suddenly have God's blessing and see the church full. But if somebody actually comes in with the word from God, they resist. This congregation that you're going to pastor heard God's word, and even though God gave them a stiff mountain to climb, they responded. This is a courageous congregation. They have tackled things that most churches don't want to touch for fear of it being divisive. This is a courageous conversation or congregation. This is a congregation that is willing to follow God into deep, significant changes so that his will may be done. This is a generous congregation. This is a caring congregation, and I believe this is a biblically mature congregation, and you've already mm -hmm. commented to me on the profound level of maturity here. There are two passages that I did not preach from during my 36 plus years here. 
I preached on virtually everything else except a few selected chapters from the Song of Solomon. But two passages I never preached on. The passage that calls believers to be in submission to those who are over them in the Lord. I didn't want to preach it because I felt it might be appear self-serving. But I learned I would never have to preach it because this congregation, when asking me to lead, also committed themselves to follow. And even when the message God was communicating through me was difficult and unsettling, they obeyed God. So I never had to preach about being in submission because they respected leadership and followed it and made leadership here a joy. The second was Paul's instruction to believers and congregations, make sure that your pastoral leadership is able to carry out their calling with joy. Mm -hmm. This congregation for 36 plus years has obeyed that. That's why I never needed to preach it. Besides which, if you have to preach it, you're dead in the water already. But they have made pastoring here such a joy because they are so loving and so affirming and so caring and so respectful. So you will find out in the days ahead that God has called you to lead just an amazing, amazing group of people. And look at it this way. If they could put up with me for 36 plus years, dude, you don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> so I am convinced you are the answer to my prayer and you are God's man. And the next part of my prayer has been that you would take ACAC further than I took it. And with every confidence that that's going to be the case, I hand you the baton of leadership and may God pour out his spirit upon you and may ACAC's future be better than anything it has known in the past. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. My pastor, <laughs> Pastor Allen. I want to give you a hug, but we'll do this right, since we'll we're... All right, we'll do this. We'll do this since we'll we're... We'll be COVIDly sensitive. Amen. God bless you, Thank Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. It's a humbling moment for my wife and I today. And before we tackle God's word and I give a brief charge in response to Pastor Rock's message from last week, let me first respond by saying, I've been often asked through this pandemic or it's been commented to me, this has to be extremely difficult being a first time pastor in a new church through a pandemic. It has to be such a unique and difficult time to lead in the midst of racial tension and unrest and political polarization. And as Pastor Rock so eloquently laid out the way in which God has worked through ACAC and in his leadership during the succession, so it has been for my wife and I. And the thing that has steadied us and the way in which God has reminded us that he is with us, he is for us, and he has gone ahead of us is because how we have seen him orchestrate this moment when we're with you today. So with that, I wanna begin by saying thank you to Pastor Rock. I mentioned in the pre-service in the segment that we shot that it is not often a pastor would handle succession the way Pastor Rock has. His humility and his leadership has uh, been exemplary, exemplary 
through this process. And I believe that it is part of the spiritual maturity that he mentioned that my wife and I see in our church today. So I thank him for that. For these nine months, I, I counted it incredible joy and honor to have served under his leadership. And I know it doesn't end. One of the greatest questions I had through the interview process is that would he be available in the days and the months and the years to come? And I am grateful that he will be. I do wanna thank President John Stumbo for his message in opening our service today as president of the Alliance for his support for this church, this congregation and body and the leadership thereof. I thank him for that. For Kelvin Walker, the district superintendent of the Metropolitan District and the vice president of the Alliance and a longtime and beloved worship pastor here at the church, that he would lead us in worship and we could do that together and be part of this. For David Noggle, the district superintendent of the Western Pennsylvania District, again, his support and encouragement throughout this process and his leadership to this district and a part of our congregation. To our staff, who through this transition and succession has been so incredibly helpful and they have been flexible. I thank them for their prayers to our congregational leadership, the elders, the deacons, the operation board, the succession team, thank you. And last but certainly not least to you, our congregation. Many of you have expressed your love and encouragement and support, but most of all your prayers. And I want you to know that I thank you for that. I have sensed and felt those prayers and asked that you would continue to pray, not only for my wife and I and our family, but for this church and for us as we walk and do what God has called us to do. So just as Moses so powerfully reminded the Israelites from where God had brought them and of the founding principles of what sustained their journey, last week, Pastor Rock powerfully reminded us, ACAC, of what God has done in this church and the six things that we must continue to do if we are to remain effective for God's great commission. They were that we must have a knowledge of God's heart. We must know our own heart. We must know what God wants us to do. We must have ministries that align with the future and that are proactive. We must know the enemy's battle plan and we must have God's power to fulfill those purposes. However, in our pursuit of fulfilling those purposes, the truth that we must never forget is that God's spirit is the only reliable source for accomplishing such a task. God's plan and his future for this church, ACAC, can only come to fruition by the leading and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It will not be by a successful transition in leadership. It will not be by innovative planning and execution. It will not be by new and effective technology. It will not be by creative budgeting and organizational positioning. It will not be by increasing training and equipping our staff. It will not be by implementing popular strategies and schemes from the corporate world. It will not be by watching what other churches are doing. No. It will be by might, it will not be by might, nor will it be by power, but it will be by God's spirit, says the Lord. Spirit-filled living is not easy. 
I loved a portion of scripture that I was meditating and reading this week. In John chapter six, Jesus was teaching his followers and he was saying that I am the bread of life and he was challenging his disciples. And John six says that there were disciples who were leaving. They say, Jesus, this is hard for us to understand. And in a verse, John 6, 63, Jesus says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And he said, the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. No spirit led living is not easy. Being a church that is spirit led is not easy. And my message today is to remind us that if we are to be a spirit led church, it will take great strength and great bravery. So the message today is be strong and courageous. Let us pray. Father, the time has come for a transition in human leadership, a transition, a baton passing that we have already done. But Lord, we acknowledge today that you are never changing and that you are the leader and the head of your church, this church. I pray that today we would follow your spirit that you would speak to us and that you would put a supernatural strength and courageousness in this body to be led and to fulfill the errands that you would call us to do, that we would impact this city, our state and the world beyond for your kingdom. Let it be so in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. The book of Joshua begins with the transition of leadership in Israel. God speaks directly to Joshua in chapter one, verse two, and he says, the time has come. Now, can you imagine the thoughts and the feelings of Joshua in that moment? Here, he was following in the footsteps of Moses, the man whom God had used to free his people from slavery in Egypt. He also had seen how quickly these people wore Moses down in the wilderness after 40 years of living. They were on the brink of finally moving into the promised land. There would be new enemies to fight, new territories to discover. There would be new problems to solve. I'm sure for him, there were moments of uncertainty and fear. And can you imagine the thoughts and the feelings of the people of Israel? For 40 years, all they had known is the wilderness. These warriors who would now enter into a new land with new enemies had only known life in the wilderness. They had heard from ancestors before, from parents and grandparents of the promise of a land named Canaan. How would this new leader handle the pressure of leading them to God's promised future. I'm sure for them, there were moments of uncertainty and fear. With fear and uncertainty in the background, God speaks to Joshua and to Israel, and he calls them to live in strength and courage. He promises to go before them. He declares that they will be prosperous and successful, but this promise is conditional. God says to Joshua, and I believe that he would say to us today, 
Joshua 1, verses nine through seven. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua and the Israelites would need strength and courage, not only to overcome the immediate feelings of uncertainty, but also for the battles that were yet to come. However, this strength, this sense of strength and courage would not be a motivational, feel-good, self-help talk, but rather a spirit-driven strength and courage that was centered on God's word. God would promise Israel's success and his presence going before them if and only if they would remain faithful to God's word. Now, God has called ACAC to expanded influence. Our mission is not yet completed. Our task is not over. I believe God is positioning this church and our congregation to expand his kingdom in ways in which we cannot even imagine. However, I also believe this path that he would lay out before us will require a strength and require a courage that can only be sustained by God's spirit. It will not be by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And how will we know where God's spirit would lead us? How will we know what errands God would have us to run? How will we know both God's heart and our own? How can we be certain to align our ministries for this future impact and influence? How can we avoid the traps that we realize the enemy is laying before us even now? And how can we be empowered to fulfill God's purposes? One, we must be a people strong and courageous in obedience to scripture. After the Lord's charge to Joshua, Joshua sends clear instructions to the Israelites. And it's interesting that Joshua's instructions to the people focus on food, not weapons of war. Though they all knew a battle was soon to come, Joshua did not call the people to gather swords and shields, but rather to gather bread. He says to the officers of Israel's army, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In being tempted by Satan, he responds by saying, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. First Timothy 4, 6 says, being nourished with the words of the faith. Just as Joshua called the Israelites to get their provisions ready, so too I am calling our church body to continue to gather in God's word. Read it memorize it, meditate on it, let it flow from your lips 
teach it to your children. Allow this book, God's word, the Bible, to guide and be the source of all of our understanding. Let our spirit filled living be informed and empowered by scripture. Despite what may come, let us stay the course and be strong and courageous in him. I would remind you of the words in Hebrew that says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Two, we must be people strong and courageous in prayer. My first sermon was here in this sanctuary the second weekend of January. On that weekend, I preached a message called the power of persistent prayer. And it was very intentional that this first message was on prayer. For prayer is the primary work of God's people and nothing of lasting value can be accomplished unless it is bathed in prayer. If we, are to, if we are to see the fulfillment of all that God has called ACAC to do, we must hit our knees and pray. And as I said in that first message in January of this year, our prayers must be continual and they must be thy kingdom come prayers. We cannot pray thy kingdom come while promoting our own kingdom. It is his will alone. It is through prayer where we learn to recognize the Father's voice. And God will never say something to you in prayer, to us in prayer that contradicts his word and his word, the Bible will never contradict the Spirit's voice that comes through prayer. God's word and prayer will always be at the center of Spirit-filled living and Spirit-filled living will always require strength and courage. God said to Joshua not to deviate to the right or to the left. And we will not deviate if God's word and prayer are central in our journey of faith. I began today with these words from Jesus. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Humor human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. This is the truth we must never forget. That it is not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And his spirit will lead us and empower us if and only if we are strong and courageous in both the gospel of Jesus Christ and in prayer. As Pastor Rock communicated last week, I echo today as well. Here at ACAC, while the human leadership is changing, our ultimate leader and authority is not. He never changes. And he is the head of the church. Today, I am gonna ask you to join me in prayer and none of us expected to be having this service online, but here we are. So in the comfort of your own home or wherever you may be watching from, I'm gonna ask that you do something unusual for these online services and that is to stand. And I am going to have us echo a prayer from the apostle Paul, a prayer that was written in the book of Ephesians to the church of Ephesus. 
And I ask that we pray this together as a body of believers and as a family here at ACAC. Would you join with me today? We pray that from your glorious unlimited resources, you will empower us with inner strength through your spirit. Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as we trust in him. Our roots will grow down into your love and keep us strong. And may we have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep your love is. May we experience the love of Christ that is too great to fully understand. Then we will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. Now all glory to God who is able through your mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen.